Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, this is going to be another great episode. Um, and this gentleman, I got, has been a friend of mine for a couple of years. He actually does the intros and the outros to all my shows. So I want to thank him. He's a brother in arms. He's done some great things and he's doing some amazing things. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michael Dobo, for everything you do for me. I want to thank our sponsor, J.D. Tierney of Southpaw Laser Concepts. He makes all my gear. He makes all my leather leather hats. So if you guys love love swag, check out J.D. Tierney at Southpaw Laser Concepts. Michael, my brother, how are you doing today? How's it going, Richard? Haven't seen or heard from you in a while. How, how's life treating you? Life is great, brother. Uh, got the new po- podcast up and running. Thank you so much for doing the intro and the outros. Oh, it's so, fun. So what's going on with you? Uh, just working, uh, getting my artworks going. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I, I uh, lost my sight. Uh, uh, I got one eye is completely blind. The uh, left eye is going blind, but I'm adapting with uh, eye loops and and magnifying glasses and all this gear that I'm I'm setting up. And uh, uh, so I decided to do a exit stage left and do some artworks. So I'm getting back into voiceover work a little bit more now that I've got a longer term lease. I can set more things up. You not have to break them down all the time. So uh, just starting to get settled in. All right. So uh, we're, we're going to go because um, the last time we talked, we went into your childhood and we're not going to get into all that. But we're going to get I want you to start from where you got out of the military. And then I want to talk about the fight that we're still that you're still fighting, but some of the victories you've gained over the last year. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, a little bit of your military career. And then what happened with transitioning afterwards? Uh, well, I, I went through some pretty bad stuff uh, towards the end of my military career. I, I, I saw some pretty bad uh, things that were happening inside the unit. So, you know, I've, I went after the unit on that. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't work out well for me. So I had to uh, figure things out in life. Uh, without the help of my military benefits after being injured. So I'm still in a fight for that. Um, went through several divorces, went through several uh, jobs, careers, schooling, um, really tried to stabilize life uh, after military was really, really hard. Uh, I was uh, very much addicted. Um, uh, I had some addictions going on because of what I saw in the military. I, I was trying to self-medicate quite a bit. Um, and uh, I had to overcome, took me uh, about five years after getting out of the military, it took me about five years to get uh, away from drugs and alcohol, which was very difficult at the time. Now, you know, um, I, I've talked to a lot of people now and, um, and I found out that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of veterans, when they get out, guys or girls, um, first of all, they miss the camaraderie. Second of all, they miss not having a mission. And then third of all, you know, when we're in, sometimes, you know, we're all hua hua, 
but we still get coddled because we know we're going to get paid on the 1st and the 15th. We're going to get TRICARE and all that other good stuff. And then when you hit the streets, you know, like our friend, our friend Nick, Nick says, you know, the military doesn't give a shit about you. So talk to us about, you know, when you first got out of the military, what that transition was like. Uh, you know, for me, unfortunately, I didn't have a normal military career like everybody else. You know, you have brothers and, and, and you have your job and your mission. I unfortunately with me, um, because of what I saw and had to testify against in the whole works, it was more of a loss because I didn't feel I could serve my country uh, in the best way I, I, I knew my life could. And so I had a real hard transition from knowing what I was supposed to do, knew my mission, knew that I had an oath uh, to this country. And then all of a sudden I'm a civilian and I'm having to figure shit out. And I'm very young at the time too. I'm only in my early twenties, you know, but now, back then when you, when you, uh, when you left the military, did you get a DD-214? Uh, no, actually, I got, uh, because of what I had seen, um, and I'm still in a fight for, uh, yeah, I had to fight against the military. I've been fighting for 30 years. Uh, I was privy to some pretty bad things that the unit I was in was doing. And unfortunately, because I was so young and I was in the middle of training in the whole works, when I saw these things, um, you know, we, we take an oath in our country, right? As, 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 you know, all veterans know this, that we take an oath to defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And when a unit uh, it's it's hard for me to talk about um, when a unit is transporting drugs, um, involved in human trafficking, and also in selling their weapons off to like gangbangers and people on the street. You have to report that, and so in doing so, I report it and wound up in a living hell for a good two years after my military separation. Um, they, uh, I went through a hell of a lot in the military. Uh, and like I said, I'm still fighting it. They've, they have, uh, I have the DOD forms saying I reported it, saying that I was in the military, uh, stating, uh, that, uh, there was criminal activity in the unit and that they did find the findings that I was telling them. Unfortunately, because I was a whistleblower, uh, it really messed up my life really, really well. Uh, I didn't get the benefits that everyone else gets. Um, and I got pretty much railroaded. Um, and I have permanent injuries from it. Uh, the, the people I had uh, reported to, unfortunately, were involved. The top was involved all the way to the bottom. So when I reported it, they let loose those men on my family and myself, and it didn't turn out well. Um, I was permanently injured. I was beaten. Um, 
I was taken into a military hospital, Manigan Hospital up in Fort Lewis, Washington, Olympia, Washington area for six months and interrogated and uh, tried to be convinced not uh, tried to convince uh, me that I didn't see what I saw and to recant my statement. I wouldn't. And uh, I went through a lot of uh, procedures. I call it torture but procedures up in that hospital that were pretty intense. Um, and I, I have been fighting it ever since. Um, it, it was pretty bad. I saw a couple murders, things like that, that happened. So uh, how did you lose your eye? I'm sorry. How did you lose your eyesight? Oh, my eyesight. Um, I have fourth nerve degeneration. Um, unfortunately, uh, years and years later, uh, because of damage, uh, I had I had been drowned twice uh, during that whole those whole incidences uh, back in my early twenties, uh, 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 just getting out of the military, and because I drowned twice. Uh, it was part of the stuff I went through with them. Um, uh, I have, uh, I had a stroke and uh, some uh, brain issues later on in life uh, back in my late forties. Um, and because I had a major stroke, uh, I had something called fourth nerve degeneration on one of my eyes. And then because of the diabetes, I had macular degeneration on the other eye. So I lost the one I do to fourth nerve degeneration. It just uh, one day woke up and it wasn't there no more. And which is a pretty hardcore, uh, hardcore mental thing to go through, you know, because your other eye goes also a, a sympathetic blindness for a while. So when I first when it first went, it went completely. So, uh, yeah, that's how I lost it. So now, so now tell us you know how you survive and tell us about your fight just getting social security um well i'll start about four years ago uh social security you know i had i had my stroke and heart attack in 2009 they put me on uh, permanent social security disability uh back in 2009 and around 2016 um, for some reason, Social Security sends me a letter and says, you're suddenly cut off and we're investigating you uh, because someone says you're faking your uh, 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 illness and your injuries and your disabilities and blah, 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 blah. It was, it was, it was pretty sudden. And I had been going through, uh, uh, you know, I was left side hemiplegic for a while. I was going through stroke therapy, the whole work. So, you know, I was just coming out of that. I mean, it took a while. And when they cut me off, it created such a financial devastation um, because I couldn't go back to work. Uh, I couldn't do my old career. Um, I was an aerospace engineer at one time and because of the stroke I had lost all my math and now I'm losing my eyesight. There's no way I can fly. I can I can test anything. I, I'm, I, I can't work anymore. So um, 
I'm pretty well stuck with no benefits because Social Security cuts me off and I am fighting for uh, my life pretty much. Family splits up. Uh, girlfriend goes away, of course. Uh, the house goes away. The car goes away. The Everything goes away and you get down to a backpack and stuff in storage. And that's pretty much what happened. And I'm, I was still fighting for my Social Security. Got a lawyer, uh, fought Social Security quite hard. Um, it took four years and I won. I only won two years of back pay, which still left me broke because of all the loans and stuff I took out to survive. So I was still broke when I got my back pay and um, pretty much had to survive from the streets. And, and the lucky thing is, is I, I was getting so tired because I suffered from extreme PTSD. So I was getting so tired of being on the street, losing the family, uh, being pretty much homeless uh, and trying to fight back for, uh, being blind. Uh, luckily, um, uh, one night when I was out on the street uh, after breaking up with the girlfriend and, and leaving and being on the street and having a backpack, the whole works trying to feel my way around because the blindness was pretty bad back then too. Um, I got stabbed uh, pretty pretty bad on the street and they sent me to Palomar hospital and at Palomar hospital, they got me in from there to uh, veterans recruitative care over in, in Escondido uh, where I literally found myself finally after all these years. And I started doing, um, uh, you know, the, their programs and talking with their counselors. And, and I started seriously fighting back against the VA to get my VA benefits. And I'm still in that fight now. But, um, you know, I, I went through their programs and uh, talked with other veterans, got reconnected with my brothers, which uh, had taken me years to connect with people that were veterans for a long time because of what I went through. And, you know, I think that's where we, I first met you, our, 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 uh, Robert Garcia. And, um, and I think that's when things started looking up. I, and that's when you started to know that people actually care for you and love you. So talk to us about, you know, building a tribe so, and not being alone, you know, because that's something that we both know about is blindness and depression. So talk to us about finding your tribe again well you know the 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 biggest thing is is uh when i was in that that homeless shelter i was i was like you know there was a bunch of vietnam veterans in there and those guys uh, uh one of them was still fighting for his benefits since 1973 i could not believe it i was i was amazed and it made me feel not alone anymore because what I saw, I, I was totally isolated, alone, isolated, depressed, angry. Uh, you know, 30 years of carrying a couple murders, you know, uh, uh, in your memory is, is a hard thing to carry around, you know. And um, it was pretty hard. And so being able to talk with the other veterans there and knowing what their struggle was. And knowing I wasn't alone and then working together to get resources, you know, helping, helping them get on the computer and look up resources. They helped me 
uh, you know, at the time I was smoking pretty good on cigarettes. So they would give me cigarettes for showing them stuff. And, and I would go get their food or help them, you know, clean or, or, or whatever it was, I could help another veteran that was older than me. And it helped me get out of myself. And all of a sudden I found out that I wasn't so alone, that I, that the PTSD and the isolation and depression and things like that, that were trying to get me killed because pretty much I, I tried to commit suicide several times over my PTSD and my, my, uh, my uh, mental health status was not good. And being able to release my story get help, get connected with other brothers who have been through similar circumstances, uh, people who have seen similar things and experienced them was the most healing out of everything. And knowing that I could stand back up. And so I started, uh, you know, I was, I, I was bored one day at the homeless shelter. I started doing these silly little videos because I used to be in a, a theater and I used to do a lot of commercial work and in my background and in my past and radio DJ stuff. And so I started doing that at the, at the uh, homeless shelter and uh, Robert Garcia uh, from the Vetrepreneur tribe, uh, I guess saw one of those or, or was uh, saw me in some ways, saw my story and he got involved. And uh, that's where I met all you guys uh, getting reconnected in. I did not know there was a Vetrepreneur tribe on Facebook. I did not know about social media at the time that well. And all of a sudden getting involved in Facebook, getting involved in Instagram and, and, and all these uh, uh, TikTok and all these different medias wasn't just a connection for me. It was almost therapy for me. It was almost like I could literally get out of my shell without having to be present at the moment. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's, it, yeah. was, it was easier to be freer um, and talk with people and get my story out there and, and receive resources but also give resources and just be part of the world again and uh, i think that's something that a lot of us veterans miss is is being part of something um you know whether it's you know uh part of a mission or part of a brotherhood or part of something where you're so used to working with others that when you stop working with others and you isolate and you're on your own with your own emotions and stuff, sometimes it can get pretty difficult. And so uh, I found a lot of healing through being able to communicate whatever I was feeling without any uh, physical judgment, uh, you know, mental judgment. Yeah. You get the, all the nasty comments and stuff for people. Yeah. I've had others tell me, Oh, Mike, you know, you're doing your silly videos. You're making yourself look like an idiot, blah, 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 blah. You know? And then I have others saying that, Hey, this really helped me. Thank you very much. You know, I, I I'm glad I connected with you and, and um, this video made my day or this, this thing that you said uh, really helped me out in the way of something I'm dealing with this week. And, and when I get those type of comments, it's just because I am passing on something I saw too. So it's being part of that circle of therapy is, is a wonderful thing. So now, so now 
talk to us about the the boxes that you're making. Yeah, I'm doing these custom cigar boxes. Uh, you know, they always say uh, in our training, adapt and overcome to anything. Uh, and I've, you know, because my sight I can't do and my memory on, on a lot of things, I can't focus and get things done. So uh, what I did was I, I started painting just as a therapy. And all of a sudden, I... I guess there was a couple cigar boxes that someone donated to me and I started just painting on them. And, and I, I found that I had a talent in that area. So I started doing uh, custom cigar boxes. And what I do is I go around to old cigar shops and I buy up all their old cigar boxes that would have gone into the landfill. Um, you know, it's a, it's a reusable resource. And so I, I instead of buying it from like a Walmart or, or, a, or a craft store, Michael's or something like that, I actually buy the actual real cigar boxes. Uh, a lot of these are really like, like, you know, the hu- huge, uh, huge, you know, large, you go into the humidors, the large humidors they have at a cigar shop and you have all the cigars in those boxes, those really nice uh, humidor boxes. I buy up all those. And then I uh, custom laser burn them, uh, and then I uh, paint them, and then I sell them. I hope. <laughs> now, have, 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 what kind of reactions have you got from the people that have bought your cigar box? Oh, they love them. They love them. Um, you know, there's 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 a, a couple different markets there. There's the the mom who wants it for sewing stuff and her keys and, and, you know, curios and stuff like that. There's the kid, the, the stoner kids that are going into the smoke shops, buying it for their weed. There's the, the retired veterans that are buying them for their veteran buddies, uh, having them engraved, you know, with their service uh, record on it and, you know, their service dates and stuff like that. There's all sorts of markets. So I've been getting a lot of response. I think the biggest response is that um, they like the painting of them and the colors, uh, not so much the designs, because I design it uh, like right now I'm doing a whole series for a smoke shop. So I have to hit that market specifically. Uh, There's uh, another series where I'm going to do 1920s art deco on it for gift shops, uh, for flower shops, things like that. And then I'm going to be doing uh, a Marine, uh, Army, Navy, and Air Force uh, uh, cigar boxes for, uh, you know, graduations or for uh, uh, reenlistment gifts or or uh, upgrade in 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 uh, 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 their status, you know, things like that, you know, gifts. So it's starting to hit. I just got started. Uh, when I won my Social Security uh, battle, I took a lot of my back pay that I got, and I bought laser etching equipment, and, and I bought paints, and and I just I really heavily invested in something I knew was going to sustain me a little bit better than just watching all that money go away in the state of California. So now have you ever thought about one day making them look like foot lockers from the, from the prior military? You know, you just awesome. Thank you for that idea. That's I never thought about that, Richard. Wow. Yeah, that that would be. You know what? I think I'm gonna do one. 
you know, I think, you know, just because a lot of guys miss their footlockers, you know, because for a lot, a lot of us, we lived out of a footlocker for years and years and years. So maybe that might be a hit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea, man. I like that a lot, actually. That well, would be, a- you know, a lot of people like myself, you know, you and I, you know, we're both blind, but we don't let it, um, you know, like I don't call it a disability. I call it a disability because it seems like everything else around me got heightened. Like my, my hearing got very heightened with my due to loss of vision. So that's why now I can do what I do now. Um, and I love what I do. So please talk to us, you know, cause a lot of guys and gals, they get out of the military, you know, they want to start a t-shirt company, a hat company, liquor company or coffee company. And $10,000 later, they're, you know, they're in debt and they don't know what the hell just happened. So what's some, what are some advice you can give to these veterans that wants to become entrepreneurs? Um, if you're going to put your money into something, um, definitely. And this is one thing that we don't do. Well, a lot of us don't do. I've, I've learned my lesson on this one is don't go head strong into it. You know, you may know what you're doing. You may really want to do it. You may really go, okay, this is going to work and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And what happens is uh, when you do it on your own and you, and you spill your guts out into it, you end up with a very big mess. Um, Study it first, uh, talk to people who are already doing it, learn from them, uh, get other people involved, listen to their advice, follow their advice. Um, people like Robert Garcia, when I, when, whenever I uh, am dealing with anything to do with business or with setting myself up or getting ready, I listen to his seminars. I, I literally, if I had the money, I'd be hiring him. Um, I, uh, going to different people like, uh, Dan Curry or uh, Daniel Curry. Um, uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Cause he's the guy I've been talking with, uh, messaging, uh, off and on here and there about, uh, uh, technical issues, um, computer issues, stuff like that. Uh, 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 and among several other people, you know, uh, for my emotional support and my, my get through the day because every entrepreneur needs that. I go to Richard Kaufman, the comeback coach for his stuff. You know what I mean, Richard? No, but I think for people like myself, you, it's all about paying it forward. You know, it's all about giving back, even though we, you know, some of us, you know, have been crapped on, but we still keep on giving now. Um, so what would you suggest for people that are in the military? I tell everybody to keep triplicates of every single piece of paper ever given to you and make sure you keep all your records. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh my God. Yes. Uh, if I didn't have the records I have right now, I quite literally, I'm getting letters back from national archives saying, sorry, we can't find you. And it's like, wait a second, I have this record right here. I have a, I have a, a bunch of forms and a bunch of records that I'm holding originals of. And they're like, well, I'm sorry, but it's been too long. And you were back in the early 80s. And I'm sorry, we're having a hard time finding anything on you or any of your records. So, 
yeah, luckily I kept every single envelope even. I didn't just tear the envelope open and, oh, here you go. No, no, I have the original envelopes to these records. And I mean everything because there's dates on it. And if uh, you're having an issue with your benefits or having an issue like I'm having an issue and I'm, I have to find a lawyer, the whole works, but I have enough records uh, uh, and originals to where I can prove my statements, whether their records show it or not. And that's what you need to keep a hold of because the VA, let me tell you here, here recently, the VA after years and years and sending me stuff to my new address, even uh, sent me another notice uh, here recently last week to an ex-girlfriend's house that I hadn't lived in, in about 10 years. And then a month before that, they sent it uh, to another state where I was staying at like almost 30 years ago. So they play games. They, they, they send your stuff all over the place. They, they get the wrong address. They send you the wrong form. They say this agency needs to contact this other agency to get your forms, but I'm sorry, we can't find them. It's been too old, blah, 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 blah. And you go through all that and you go, yeah, sorry, I have the originals right here. So you still have a basis and an anchor to fight from. And that's what I've dealt with the VA so far. So, yeah, that's my opinion on that one is keep your records and keep them safe. All right. So now let's talk a little bit about, you know, recovery. Because as people know that listen to me, they know I'm a recovering drug addict with 32 years clean. And you went through some of your battles with addiction. How did you get, um, get your start getting your life straight? Well, with me, um, it was alcohol, uh, and that was years ago. Uh, it's it's been uh, let's see, April twenty seventh of this month. I'll be taking a nine year token for my uh, uh, for uh, uh, being sober for nine years. Um, before that, I had relapsed for a couple of years, and then before that, it was years of of, of sobriety. Um, you know, the hardest thing is, is when we're in the military and we're younger, we learn that either alcohol can take away the pain, can take away the frustration, uh, can take away the boredom. And that that is one of the common things to be accepted by. So as we're young and partying and, and being in the military, we learn that type of situation and habit to where now we do it when we're older and now it's a problem. And I had to get away from that. So it, it took a while, but it, you can. Um, my biggest suggestion is uh, meetings, 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 of course. Um, and uh, don't hang out in the barber shop. You won't get your hair cut. Meaning, if you don't hang out in bars and don't have people in your life that drink, uh, then you will not end up doing it um, if you have an issue with it. Uh, recovery, to me, is very important. Um, it's something that has saved both myself and I used to take my kids to meetings and my kids now uh, as adults go to meetings when they feel they're, they're entroping uh, on a uh, issue in their life to where it might be a problem. They go to meetings. And so that's something that uh, uh, I got very lucky that at a very young age, I found recovery. Uh, uh, it's not a weakness. I don't consider it a weakness whatsoever. I consider it strength when someone goes to a meeting, when they go to uh, and they get involved with others and they say, look, how can I be a service to you? 
How can I help you out? How can I share my recovery so that I can keep it? Because we can't keep what we have unless we don't, unless we uh, uh, give it away. Uh, and that's one of the biggest things in my life is, is sharing recovery with other people. So, yeah, it's a big part of my life. Okay, then I got to ask a question. Because, um, you know, like I said, I've been in recovery 30 years. And now that a lot of places are making medical marijuana available, um, I still can't do it because, you know, I'm an AA. So obviously I can't do it. But what are your thoughts on medical can- cannabis and stuff like that? Well, unfortunately, there's such a big stigma on it. Um, for me, uh, I didn't want to do it whatsoever. Uh, I actually was against it uh, for a long time. I was very against it. I was all, you know, no, 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 it's a gateway drug, blah, 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 blah. You know, the whole works because, you know, I'd, I'd studied, been an engineer my whole life, you know, went to college, the whole works. And I just didn't want to be involved in partying. And I put that as a partying thing. Now, uh, let's come back up to 2009. And between 2009 and 2012, I had 149. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I had 149 recorded uh, uh, seizures, really bad ones. Um, I had a stroke that had left a a major uh, seizure activity in my brain, and there was nothing I could do to to get over it. Um, It was causing a lot of issues, plus my one eye that I have, uh, it moves because of palsy. Uh, I have a front lobal palsy. And so the one eye that I can see out of uh, has something what they call micro square wave stagmus uh, uh, jerks, where I feel like I'm on on deck of a ship all the time. It makes me extremely ill. (coughs) So I'm on all these medications, 31 of them. Excuse me, I'm going to have to get some water. Okay, uh, I'm on 31 different medications. Doctors don't know what's going on. I'm always having seizures. And someone introduces medical marijuana to me. I literally refuse to do it. Uh, Screw that. I'm not going to do it. A friend of mine forces me uh, when I was in a wheelchair to have an edible. And I start moving again. And then after I start doing a regular regiment of medical marijuana, um, I start getting out of the wheelchair. And then I get off all the doctor's meds. Um, I now it's been prescribed to me. It's the only thing that actually stops the seizures they found out. Um, So for me, there's a medical use for it. And then there's also misuse of it. Um, (coughs) I don't believe in recreational use and, that's one of the things that I don't believe in is recreational use. Uh, medical use, yes, it, it should be used. Uh, uh, my daughter uh, has uh, cervical cancer. Um, we went through chemo. We went through all sorts of stuff. And then we turned to alternative routes because it started going on to her uh, kidneys. And we thought, you know, if it's going on to her kidneys, we're going to lose my daughter. So went had to go through that emotional stuff and uh, we started doing the alternative route and found that cannabis literally saved her life. So there's, there's, for me, there's a, I guess, 
a moral dilemma in a way, because for me as an addict, uh, as an alcoholic, it's a, a slippery slope to go into, but yet for me as a person with seizures, blindness, all sorts of stuff, it's literally saved my world uh, where doctors couldn't. So it's, it's sort of a, it depends on the situation, morals, how you were brought up, your medical situation, and um, I don't know. It's a hard subject. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, last question. Last question. How do we find? How do we find? How do we order your boxes? And what can we do to support your mission? Well, um, on my boxes, I I haven't got a website up yet. I'm still working on that. So through my Facebook page, uh, people can can order them through me. Uh, there's also going to be a live shop, a brick and mortar shop here in Escondido. Uh, a place called Smoker's Haven that's going to be uh, 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 dealing with my boxes. Uh, but if someone online outside my state wants to get one, all they have to do is take a look at them, uh, just uh, Facebook message me for now, and uh, I can sell them a box, let them know the price. Um, uh, Facebook Marketplace is where I'm putting them uh, on there also. But uh, like I said, here in about a month or so, I'll have a website uh, coming. Uh, don't know uh, uh, don't know yet. I've been trying with uh, GoDaddy to play around with it. But with the blindness, it makes it awful hard. Uh, I mean, I can paint and I can do things and I can get around, but I can only do it for so long. And then the one eye just gives me a migraine. So I can do uh, like I do about four to ten boxes a day before the migraine hits. But as far as website design and things like that, it takes a lot longer for me to do that because of the, the I have to do it in spurts. I, I can't do it as all in one day, you know, because the, the eyesight is so bad. Well, just to let you know that there's a, a something called Google My Business and it's a free Google website that they give you. And it's so easy to operate, and it's free. So definitely oh. check it out. Oh, I'll check into that. Yeah, yeah. it'd be a lot easier doing that GoDaddy thing because I'm back in a ba way back days when I was doing a front page and all that stuff. So that's way way back. And now that I'm trying to get back into it again, it's it's a little difficult. You know, yeah. I'm getting older. You know, it's called Google My Business. Oh, I'll take a look at that. That that sounds very interesting. Yep. Uh, so now last question. Um, you know, we live in a crazy world. We live in a COVID world where uh, some grandparents are homeschooling kids. Parents are working two jobs just trying to feed their kids. So if I ask the average person to do something in the next seven days, they're probably never going to get to it. But if I ask somebody to... Um, take an actionable step in the next 24 hours they're more likely so if there's somebody out there especially veterans that are struggling right now uh what is something that they can do to act in the next 24 hours to start to get some help you mean uh, if they're they're struggling for emotional or yep. or you know that because that's what you know we talk a lot about you know depression PTSD, traumatic brain injuries and stuff like that. What is something they can do to in the next 24 hours to get help? Well, there's, there's several things they can do. 
one, the most important one uh, is if there, if, if, if you're a veteran out there that's feeling uh, suicidal, get a hold of the national hotline. I don't have the number in front of me, but there's a national hotline for uh, veterans uh, uh, suicide prevention. That's the first thing I would say is reach out because it's not a weakness. That's one thing that that's starting to get to me that I, I really wanted to make a main point on is uh a lot of vets, when I talk with guys, they think it's weak if they cry. They think it's weak if they show emotion. They think it's weak if they uh, don't admit to their PTSD or things that are going on. They oh, I can handle it. I'm going to isolate. I'm a big, tough guy. And unfortunately, that is something that the military drilled into us to be tough to overcome, to not worry about pain at that time and uh, to push through. But we're civilians now and we're not at war. We're not in training. We're not in military service. We're civilian. And unfortunately, we still have those feelings of isolation, of no one needs to know or the embarrassment of it or the if someone sees I'm weak, uh, that type of feeling. And it's okay that we have those feelings, but it's not okay to act on those feelings. We need to get out there and talk with people, connect with your brothers, call the local VFW, call veteran hotlines, um, get on the web, talk with other vets, just message. I mean, I've got guys uh, that have messaged me out of the blue. I've got guys that have called me on my phone, you know, like, hey, man, I need to talk to someone. All right, it's three o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. There's nothing going on. I don't have, I don't have a chick with me. I'm single, so yeah. Why don't we just give give a shout on the phone and talk for a while? And I've done that with guys. So if if you're a veteran struggling, um, other veterans out there need your strength. Um, if you're struggling, then go out there and 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 contact another veteran. Tell them you're struggling because the strength from that can save another life also, uh, can, can help another veteran sort of come out of his own skin. That's the reason why I do my PSAs and I do those little videos and stuff I do because I'm going through it. And when I, when I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm going nuts because of a bad dream or PTSD, I literally will do a video just to get it out of my own head so I could help another brother let him know that he's not alone either. And in doing so, heals me so that would be my suggestion get involved i love it brother thank you so much for hopping on today um this will go out in a couple weeks i'm so appreciative of your friendship and just want to let you know i love you brother. hey man richard you've, you've been there from the beginning of this you've seen me go from homeless to now what i'm doing you know i'm stable now and i've got my my business and stuff going and and you guys being there and making your comments and, and then doing your podcasts and helping others and, and just having me involved literally has saved my life. And I want to I tell you thank you for that. And thank you for your strength through your blindness because it, it gave me an example of how to get through something that I was having an issue with. So I very much appreciate you. Thank you. All right, brother. Well, God bless and thank you for everything you do. And we'll keep in touch.
Yes, definitely. You take care. Be good. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.